Hello. Hi, how's it going? It's going pretty good. How about yourself? Hmm, pretty good. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 been a week, hasn't it? Yeah. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. What about you? Yeah. I'm I'm tired also. Man, but, we're gonna um, have an amazing episode. <laughs> Accelerative Thrust Podcast, the show. My name is Dan, and I'm Eric. And uh, wow. what are you? What are your names? <laughs> I, I would like to know what your names are. Yeah. If you uh, would like to send us uh, send us something uh, uh, sometime, and let us know what your names are. That would be, yeah. <laughs> and that what's would be your great. name? Yeah. What's your name? Who are you? What's your name? Satan. Wow. Who are you? Who are you? Yeah, tell us who you are. <clears throat> so, uh, are you stoked <laughs> about Creed's Summer of 99 cruise? I don't know what any of those words mean together. You're going to have to tell me. All right. So, you know the band Creed, right? Yeah, I've heard of them. Yep. So, they're doing a Summer of 99 cruise, and they want more than a thousand faces to book a spot on their second cruise hmm. and it's named the summer of 99 and beyond. So not only is it about the past, it's also about the future, but uh, not the present. So the bands that are <laughs> not, yeah, not the present, the past and the future. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the other artists. Yeah. Um, are Buck Cherry. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tonic, Shows up in own uh -huh. Vertical Horizon, Fuel, Anything I said when I said. Louise Post of Veruca Salt. I don't go. That's possibly hmm. the best one on here. And then the second week, we'll also have Jimmy's Chicken Shack. No. What, uh, let me try to think the, of what they sang. Uh, she don't eat meat, but she sure likes the bone. Is that their song? Uh, nah, what, that's what um, is that song that's from um the dumb and dumber soundtrack i yeah. believe uh, and okay. i don't remember what the name of the band that did that was yeah mary moo isn't that the name of the song mary moo yeah i think so i don't remember i used to love that song when i was in like sixth grade oh, dead eye dick dead, dead eye dick that's yeah. it yeah 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 dead yeah. eye dead eye chicken shack yeah, dead eye chicken shack. <laughs> Jimmy chicken dick. <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy chicken dick. Oh man. <laughs> but no, I'm not excited for the Creed crew. I don't wanna go. I, I just I mean now that I know what it is, I can definitely say nope, not stoked. Okay. I I, I don't know. I just figured this was an icebreaker. Oh. You know, this was an icebreaker for an otherwise chaotic week Take, taking us back to the past in the future yeah without the present in mind yeah an icebreaker like the titanic <laughs> right exactly yeah which is how this cruise will probably go as well <laughs> did you see the titanic in the theaters i don't remember mm. I, i've seen it i don't know if it was mm -hmm. in the theater or not i might have mentioned this on this show before but i i uh, 
you know the part where uh, they're falling from the ship uh-huh. and that one guy hits his head on the pole? Mm, yeah. Me and my best friend at the time, uh, his name was Nick, mm-hmm. pointed and laughed at the screen when that happened. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> we, we were pretty terrible people. Uh, well, you know, it's kind of a kind of a silly moment. Yeah, like, kind of. Bong. Uh-huh. <laughs> Isn't there even a sound effect when he hits his head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like boom. It was like um, it was almost it's like like you know that they, the the uh, writers or the directors <laughs> just put that in there because they're like, we got to give all of the boyfriends who are being dragged into this movie by their girlfriends something mm. to laugh at for like one second. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's yeah. what it seems like they did. Like they were just like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we actually put a little bit of slapstick? Yeah. Uh, you know, over this tragedy, just just one second. Give me one second of three stooges, you know, yeah. amongst the the tragedy. Yeah, that that movie's way too long. Like we we know what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know that everyone it's... says that, but seriously, they fill it with like I don't even remember what the hell happens. There's a part where he draws a picture of her and there's a part where they stand at the front of the boat and then there's the part where the boat sinks and there's like a like a Celtic band playing literally those are all the memories I have of three and a half hours of movie Titanic in three and a half seconds yeah (laughs) that's basically what it was I mean I'm not trying to be a dick but really what else yeah I mean I don't know like what else were they gonna do? Change the ending of what actually <laughs> happened in real life? Like, like are, yeah. change history through a movie? Yeah, well, through a motion picture starring Leonardo DiCaprio and I don't whoever the hell else. Who else was in that movie besides? I have no idea. Leonardo DiCaprio. Who was the love interest was in that movie? But yeah, Claire yeah. Danes, I think. Claire Danes. That would be uh, Claire Danes. Now was she in that um? <laughs> Was she no seriously though? Claire Danes. <laughs> seriously. Um, was she yeah. in that on that my so-called life show? Was that yeah? Am I uh-huh. okay? That's, that's what right. I thought. And I think my, maybe Romeo so, and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they uh yeah, that was it nineteen ninety-six or something like that. Yeah. Somewhere around there that it, yeah, and that seems to be kind of a uh nostalgic soundtrack for a lot of people for some reason. I never yeah, I've I don't even think I ever saw the movie to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. I always mix it up with Marie Antoinette, which actually is like really good. Mm, I don't think I ever saw that one either. It's pretty great. It's got like Is a, that another another 90s one? Uh it might be 2000s. I don't mm. know. It's got like a no wave soundtrack. Kirsten Dunst <laughs> is in it. Uh, oh, yeah, Sophia Coppola okay. made it and okay. uh yeah, the costuming I think was done by um, Vivian Westwood, and mm-hmm. I think, or at least derived a lot of inspiration from her stuff. Anyway, this 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 show is not about fashion. No, guys. you know, you know, if you've you ever know. seen Dan and I in real life, you know we don't know shit about fashion. <laughs> yeah, yes, this is very true. We we do not have costume makers. Yeah, unless sweat is an accessory. we we are very unfashionable people so nobody does our wardrobe before we do this podcast (laughs)
Well, on that note, um, we um, we have some 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 interesting noises coming from our stereos this week. Um, That's true. It's, uh, this is a a, a pretty varied uh, list of uh, of records that we got going on this week, Eric. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Hey, did any of uh, did you happen to do any research on on the questions I brought up last? Oh, the episode? Uh, the greens and blues. Yeah. My wife actually did some research after our last episode. Here's the uh, bottom line. It's all coincidental. Oh, isn't okay. that weird? So Mr. Bungle, I mean, Mr. Big, sorry, I bungled that up. Mr. Big, <laughs> uh, apparently that line was about a mood ring that he had. Waiting on a line of greens and blues? That's what he said. The writer, mm-hmm. Mr. Big, said mm-hmm. that. Uh, for Cindy <laughs> Lauper, you're referring to the guy as Mr. Yeah, Big. That's his name. It's Mr. Uh, Big. <laughs> yeah, but no, apparently he had a crush on his uh sister's friend, and uh-huh. he was younger, so he didn't really have a chance. And he just watched as she dated a bunch of other dudes. But he also had a mood ring, and uh I guess it would tell him that he was whatever, sad, jealous, angry, anxious. But anyway. Apparently, that's that. From black to brown, yellow, green, to the most desired shade of violet blue. Discover the mysterious powers of the multicolor mood ring. The Cyndi Lauper thing, the lyric originally was pink and blue. No joke. We watched some live footage of her singing the song, and she says pinks and blues. Hmm. And for whatever reason, they had to change it to green and blue. Okay. I don't know if it was like they didn't think Goonie, the the boys who like the Goonies, if that would be too girly for them or something. I don't sure. know why they had to change it. Sure. So they're completely not connected. Right. Which is insane to me. Mm-hmm. And the Pixies thing, uh, we don't really know. Okay. But yeah, anyway. Well, I did some research about oh, the Pixies sh- thing. Yeah. Okay. If you read it a certain way, it says that the Earth is flat and we did not land on the moon. Okay. Huh. So so maybe just, it's about looking down at the Earth from the moon and how it's all green yes. and blue. Okay. See, green is code for flat Earth and blue is code for no moon. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's, well, that's, that's the research I, yeah. I, I uncovered. No, um, no, I don't know if I'll leave that in, but I just wanted to let you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's um, what we figured. I figured out, so. I, I, I figured I was gonna, you know, throw something in there that you were gonna edit out. Um, <laughs> the uh, that is actually a pretty good song though by the Pixies. Like, have you listened yeah, to it? Yeah, it's okay. So this is weird, but uh, so do you know the album Thirteen by Black Sabbath? Have yes. you ever listened to that? Okay, I have. So, I haven't listened to it, but I know it. Yeah. So in my opinion, basically what happened was Black Sabbath was like, okay, let's take uh, each of our hits and write a new version, basically, of that that sounds pretty much just like it. So uh-huh. you have a song that sounds like Iron Man, a song that sounds like Paranoid, a song right. that sounds like Electric Funeral, or whatever. I kind of felt that way about the Pixie song. It was kind of like, well, it seems like they're just trying to rewrite Wave of Mutilation. Like, yeah, the tempo, the melodic lead, 
uh-huh. the harmonies are li- the melodies a little different, but it really felt like they'd set out to make a song that sounded like Wave of Mutilation. But I can, I can see that because Wave of Mutilation is a really good song. I mean, the sound alike is also a really good song, so mm-hmm. works out. But yeah, I, I heard it and I was like, hmm, Wave of Mutilation. I will say the last Pixies album that just came out, well, mm-hmm. not just came out, but I think it came out in like 20, I think it came out in 2022. It's called Doggerel, I believe. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce it. But anyway, it's really good. It um, hmm. It really reminded me of like, you know, it does have that sort of like what you're kind of talking about. Like there's sort of, it's, you know, there's kind of maybe some like, uh, you know, sort of like in their minds, like, hey, let's make, let's make sure this kind of sounds like, you know, like the Pixies that everyone's familiar with from the 90s mm-hmm. sort of thing, but with a cleaner production sort of thing. But it's really good. Like I, it, I, I thought there's, there's some stuff on there that um, I guess I didn't quite hear them doing before like Hmm. kind of more i mean they kind of always have sort of dabbled in americana type stuff a little bit Mm -hmm. but i definitely heard a lot kind of maybe a little Mm -hmm. that on this like last record that came out their first couple of uh reunion records were not that impressive at all like Hmm. i was not i don't know it just sounded like generic you know i guess or something to me but like i don't know this last one was really good or at least i thought so anyway gotcha but well, anyway, let's get back to these interesting sounds you were just about to talk to uh, talk about. Let's do that. Cool. Well, let's talk about these goddamn records. Come on, everybody. It's record time. My pick for this episode is by an artist named Mariana Perlop. Uh, the record's called Pripyat, I guess, P-R-I-P-Y-A-T, and it came out in 2022. And I have been wanting to review this on the show since then. So, like, really, it's been on my list for easily a year that I wanted to talk about it. Um, And the funny thing is, is I don't know if I have a ton to talk about because it's very specific as to what is happening. So we'll just get into it. Uh, Mariana Herlop is a classically trained pianist from Spain, and you can hear some of that in this record. Uh, Maybe some of the approach, like uh, new music or maybe more like avant-garde classical or whatever. So you do hear a little bit of piano in this. But yeah, so mostly this is music constructed from disjointed samples of what I believe to be played and programmed instruments. Not exactly sure how to tell the difference just with my ears. I would like to know more about how this was constructed. But yeah, it has a piano, uh, strings, uh, plucked instruments like harp or maybe kodo, and percussion, some seeming real and some seeming very electronic. But in this case, the music is more of a scaffolding, sort of. It's a loose a pretty loose construct. What really brings this all together is the vocals, which are really uh, wild. They really are. They're wild, but they're intricate, if that makes any sense. Uh, They're layered 
at times. Other times they're super stark, um, really abrasive at times, uh, and also beautiful at times, and sometimes at the same time, very sparse, a very high-pitched, sort of strange vocal delivery. Uh, but yeah, it goes from really sparse to really dense, um, like choral arrangements. And all this is happening like in seconds. Like this music uh, happens in seconds. It's not parts, it's not minutes, it's not the verse and the chorus and the break, uh, anything like that. I mean, this is happening very much in real time and changing constantly. Just, I can't e express that enough that every second that passes changes the entire thing. Because of that, like the songs jump around so much and change so drastically and so quickly that it's sometimes hard to figure out what you're hearing and like to find your footing and understand what's happening. And when you finally do understand what's happening in the music, you realize that you're already completely immersed in the song. I don't know how to explain it. You're listening and you're starting to understand it. And then once there's enough information hitting your brain. It's like, oh, that is what I thought I was hearing. It's hard to explain the experience of listening to this. But yeah, the song structures, they almost seem random, but you know they're not because when they do come together, it's so obviously just intricately worked out and technical that there's no doubt that there's a lot of musicality going on here. And yeah, like I said, it's just very cool sounding, uh, very different than most things that I've heard. And I mean, just in general, it's very challenging. But a lot of times on the show and in general, when we say challenging, it means it's noisy or, you know, maybe it's aggressive or something like that. And that is not what's happening here. It's it's very challenging, but still pleasant and calm and pretty it's like uh i don't know how to explain it it's like trying to understand uh nature on some level like it's chaos but there's order and it's beautiful and i know that's a pretty dang esoteric way to talk about a record but i think that this record kind of commands that sort of description so uh things that i think I could probably compare it to a little bit uh, and might start to give you an idea. Holly Herndon, who I talk about on here fairly often because I love what she does. Uh, MIA, Bjork, uh, Joanna Newsom, uh, The Knife a little bit, Arthur Russell. Yeah, and maybe something like Earth Eater or something like that, uh, but not aggressive in those ways uh but some of the construction ideas but yeah i i think it's just super cool it's something that you can barely wrap your head around and when you do you're rewarded uh a lot so anyway what do you think dan i thought that this was a very interesting and challenging album lots of really cool things going on um like you had mentioned eric it's kind of difficult for me to put my finger on exactly like what, what is happening with it, which I think is sort of a, um, 
you know, it's, it's, I, that's, that's an aspect of it that I find really appealing. Actually. Mm -hmm. I can't really, I mean, I'm, I'm basically the only way that I can really describe this music to anyone. Like if I was to introduce this record to somebody, I would call it like electronic orchestral classical music. Cause I definitely hear like um, the electronic drums versus the real drums. I hear mm-hmm. like, like you were, you were saying it's when you hear the strings and the other instruments that are going on in the other instrumentation, sometimes it's hard to tell if it's electronic programmed or if it's actually like, you know, the real instruments. Mm-hmm. And I think there's probably a healthy combination of both the composition of the actual music is really interesting. I know I've already used that word, but mm-hmm. I, I just, yeah, it, it, it does kind of act, I guess, sort of like more as like a backdrop to the vocal, like the vocals really do kind of take a, um, like the front seat here mm-hmm. and the way that the vocals are kind of, are kind of like uh, layered, I guess. It kind of gives me like a sort of like a, you know, you hear kind of like these weird sort of interesting like vocal harmonies, like you were mentioning, like a high pitched sort of thing going on. And you hear like, you know, one or two vocals kind of going on at the same time. It's very atmospheric, kind of ambient. I would say like serene and calming, also like haunting. Like there are times where like, I can't remember what track it is. I think it's like, it's one of the last tracks, five or six, where this sort of like bass drum or, or you know, floor tom sound or something, it, it's really haunting. It just, it, it really hits really hard, you know? Mm-hmm. And has almost like a, um, I can't think of any other way to describe it than like almost like a tribal feel to it or something, you know? I I kind of feel like I'm sort of being inaccurate in the descriptions here, but it really does give me that sort of like feeling like almost like a, like a sense of doom. And then it comes back to like calmness. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I don't really have much of a frame of reference and I don't really have much more to add other than, you know, there's a few picks here that or a few artists that I can, compare it to number one Bjork for sure that's the first thing that came to mind and it also kind of had a little bit of a I guess a new age vibe to it for me as well mm-hmm. so like Inya kind of comes to mind mm-hmm. sort of reminded me a little bit of like Kate Bush mm-hmm. a little bit um and yeah Joanna Newsom for sure that's I actually didn't write that down but mm-hmm. I think you really hit the nail on the head there Eric because this definitely has that eccentric sort of um vibe of of her mm-hmm. and uh yeah overall i thought it was a really really cool record i will say that it is it is sort of out of my wheelhouse it's not something that i you know i don't listen to this kind of stuff you know a lot but when i do it it kind of makes me wonder why i don't more mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean nice yeah it's it's one of those things so yeah really really cool um definitely enjoyed it a lot Taki da team got a dino, oh, da 
one challenging record to another fairly challenging record in a different way different way i think <laughs> um my pick is from a band called geese and the name of the record is 3d country um and they are a band from brooklyn new york um which i think is really interesting because i hear a little bit of that in them but there's there's a lot going on here and I'll kind of get into that. Uh, the members of the band are Dominic DeGisu, uh, Cameron Winter, Max Basin, Gus Green, and Foster Hudson. I'm not sure who does what in the band. And this was introduced to me by my friend Travis, who sent it to me and said, Hey, I think you'll dig this band. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of Queens of the Stone Age. Hmm. That's exactly what he said. And uh, I listened to it and <laughs> my first impression was, wow. And I didn't really have much else to say. And that wow wasn't, wasn't, it was, it was more of like a perplexed kind of wow. Like I really had no idea what was going on at first. Um, this is, to me, one of the strangest rock records. But at the same time, there's a lot of familiar things spread mm -hmm. throughout this record. It really does delve into a lot of different stuff, I think. Um, it, it goes from punk to noise rock to classic rock to a little bit of country, a little bit of soul. There's some gospel thrown in. And it's just kind of, it's a little bit all over the place at times, or there's just these transitions that happen within the songs where one minute it'll kind of be, you know, you'll be hearing like a, like a backup, you know, like a, like a, a group of backup singers doing like gospel vocals. And then it'll all of a sudden go into like, like a sludgy, like sort of noisy, like, feedback i guess like romp you know i can't it's it it has like almost like this southern feel to it at times which is why i was kind of like i find it interesting that this band is from brooklyn hmm. but at the same time it also makes total sense because as much as i hear that in this band i do also hear like glam rock i do also hear like sort of like the baritone voices of like, you know, some of the, um, some of the, you know, like Lou Reed or something like that. 
there are times the singer's voice is what I think makes this extremely interesting. He has a, like a baritone drawl and it's got kind of this bluesiness to it, but then other times it's, it's very soulful. I can't think of any other way to describe it. Uh, I mean, it opens with this track called 2122 and it's just, really in your face it just kind of just starts never lets up it's sort of like a a chaotic noise punk opener and then it strays away from that pretty quickly into like some abstract soul indie country type stuff for a few tracks like i mentioned there's gospel singers you hear a little bit of banjo in the background you hear a little bit of piano in the background some of this stuff actually sounds like it could fit on top 40 radio there's definitely some jam band type stuff going on too the guitars are very interesting has a really really great tone uh goes from clean reverb to really grungy distortion the bass is also great uh the bassist has a great pocket the drumming is really solid and the song structure is pretty insane it's gnarly um but also i think very well done you know i kind of use the word chaotic to describe it but i also think it's also pretty like um you kind of get the sense they have a clear vision of where they want to go with the music so while it's a little chaotic in parts there's other times where it kind of tames down and is just music that would be great for like a long drive for like bobbing your head type stuff it's kind of funny at times Sometimes it it really doesn't make sense. Other times it seems like it would have mass appeal. Yeah, I I can't really, you know, say too much about it. I I really, really enjoyed this record. As far as stuff that it reminds me of, right off the bat, Ween. I mean, I think that um, the singer, he uh, sort of imitates Dean Ween quite a bit. But then also like, Like I mentioned the baritone, there are times where it reminds me of like Mark Sandman, Morphine. I would say a little bit of the Toadies is going on here. The Rolling Stones, uh, Butthole Surfers, Meat Puppets, uh, Fish and the Grateful Dead, Minutemen, Creedence Clearwater Revival, Captain Beefheart. But also stuff like, you know, I hear echoes of kind of like the Velvet Underground or even like the Strokes or television and things like that in it as well. It's a really interesting, just sort of hodgepodge to me, but at the same time, like, you know, I might be making, making it sound more like it's sort of all over the place more than it actually is because it does have like a consistency to it as well. I I thought this was a, a really, really great, I, this is actually one of the biggest surprises to me of the year. What did you think, Eric? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I mean, quite a lot. I had never heard of geese before, and so I didn't know what to expect. And honestly, uh, the way the record opens is really different than than what it ultimately ends up being. You know, uh, I think the yes. first couple tracks, even I was like, okay, I got this figured out, and then it was not like that anymore, um, and changed a lot. But through that sort of like eccentricity it actually is comparable to some other 
uh, acts, you know, and things that I could hold on to and understand. So a lot of times those big swings and big changes can seem like uh, disorienting and sort of take you out of the moment. And for me, uh, with this, it made it, it just made it more of a collective idea, like an even more uh, solid vision of what they were trying to do. But yeah, I found it to be strange, really strange, yet extremely enjoyable. Like really set back, relax, and just like nod your head a little bit, like and enjoy it. Whereas the last record we just talked about was, I think, very uh, challenging. This one for me wasn't that challenging. Not to say it wasn't interesting because it's super interesting. But once I kind of wrapped my head around what I thought was happening, it definitely was something I could just set back, let, let the band sort of take the wheel, you know, and just go along with them on this strange ride, you know, is basically how it felt. I would say that how I heard it wasn't different than how you heard it, Dan, but maybe in some ways I heard it coming from different places, if that makes any sense. Like first and foremost, I felt that it had like this garage rock feel to it. Not the whole time, but some of the time for sure. And sort of that being the foundation, one of the foundations of the music, I think is really cool. And I think it does permeate through the whole thing. Um, but there are like, I don't know, these some of these phrases are going to sound so stupid, but like groovy, epic, rhythmic jams. There's moments of that. There's like really dynamic indie rock, like loud, quiet, loud, you know, uh, really avant-garde, like angular rhythm switches and stuff like that. Um, even within the same song. Yeah, it goes a lot of places, but I really do think that rock and roll is the foundation. The Whether that be from the earliest days of garage rock through some of like the proto uh, hard rock or whatever. But yeah, with this one, honestly, uh, when, Dan, when you said uh, that these were all extremely different from each other, I totally agree with that musically. But one thing that all three of the records we're going to talk about today is the vocals are really very interesting and unexpected. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so the vocals for me uh, on this, they really, yeah, they they kind of do uh, overshadow a little bit. And I think it's because the, the vocalist, um, I didn't catch their name, but they're just so confident in what they're doing that it's almost like, to the point of like belligerence you know what i mean like it's like mm -hmm. uh it's like a challenge to you it's like they're threatening you or like daring you like that's the vibe i get like from the vocals it's like oh yeah like that yeah. that's the whole vibe so uh and i but i do think that the singer is very talented and a really cool voice like you said the baritone part of it reminded me of nick cave a lot but then there's other parts where David Byrne, uh, Tom York, uh, Phil Lanott from Thin Lizzy. I, I think that the singer goes a lot of cool places, a really cool range, and uh, just a vibe. Like I was saying, like the confidence levels out of control, kind of like, you know, uh, kind of like John Spencer, you know, like that mm -hmm. kind of delivery where it's like, like, fuck you. 
That I mean, mm-hmm. that is what the vocals sound like. They don't have to say those words because that's what it sounds like. Uh, but it's not confrontational in the sense of like noisy and heavy and aggressive. It's just like snotty in a way. But yeah, the band is cool. I, I, I do think that a lot of it serves to support the vocal parts and, and that's fine. I think bands can do that. And I think a lot of really great bands do that. But it's not it's not like they don't shine uh, as well. Uh, they get real loose when it's needed, when that's the feel. Uh, they can tighten to like a pinpoint laser sharpness when that's needed as well, like super tight. Uh, everything's in sync. They seem to just kind of flow. You know, the band kind of flows through the songs, and I and which is really cool. Like it's still somewhat. I, I think technical what they're doing, obviously, but I, I, I think overall with this record, I think the vibe is the whole deal. You know, mm-hmm. I think the feel of it is what they're going for. The drums are really complex for what the songs are. Like there's a lot of extra stuff happening. Uh, the guitars overall are really noisy rock and roll and rollicking and, and a lot of fun. The bass is super strong, smart, holds mm-hmm. everything together. I found it to just be a really cool and fun record. Um, I've already mentioned some of the things that it reminded me of through just the vocal comparisons, but amazingly enough, the musical comparisons are the same. I think that the band, it feels like had things that influenced not just the music and the vocals, but the whole entire deal. Like I already said, John Spencer, especially in the beginning of the record, Frank Zappa, um, mm-hmm. Nick Cave, The Strokes, ESG with some of the rhythms, uh, mm-hmm. Radiohead with some of those like epic jammy parts, uh, Viagra Boys uh, mm-hmm. kind of remind me of that a little bit. And then uh, sort of that some rock and roll, but smart rock and roll, Raining Sound or Diamond Rugs or something like that. But honestly, the thing that this most reminded me of was Thin Lizzy. Like most of the songs just have this cool kind of groovy, I don't know, kind of like I said, proto heavy rock kind of deal to them um, with. And for the most part, the vocals, like I said, they are somewhat confrontational, but he does get really soft at times too, you know, kind of vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. I think that's something that then Lizzie did better than almost anyone else the strokes do it too where it's just like this intense confidence but also showing sort of a soft underbelly at times too but yeah i ended up really thinking it was cool like i said really enjoyable it's not it's not intense in any other way but to have fun Mm -hmm. and and feel good yeah you know and that's pretty rare like you know for people just to uh to set out to make something enjoyable and fun and exciting and that be how it works. That's pretty rare. Most times people, you know, are like, well, we better put something sensitive and sad and yeah. blah, blah in there. And this is not like that. They had a no. very distinct goal and they went for it and I think accomplished it really well. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Awesome.
and I will take your side every time. Yeah. So uh, for our third pick, for our local pick. Get out of here, man. No. Locals only. This is a band called The Unsettled Serenade. The record's called Idol Inc., like Incorporated. Um, I think it probably technically came out last year, but I... I, That's uh, what it says on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think it was seriously like December 31st, 2022 or something like that. Right. Um, So just barely not from 2023. Anyway, the Unsettled Serenade are from Cedar Rapids. Uh, But yeah, so the Unsettled Serenade, I... I got to be honest, I hadn't heard them and I hadn't seen their name on a lot of flyers and things like that. And so uh, once I did sort of see their name somewhere, I was like, oh, I got to check that out. And I'm glad I did. And I'm glad I stuck with it because it's really unexpected and it's really different than um, just about anything else I've ever heard come out of Iowa as far as heavy music goes, you know, or for any style of music for that matter. This is really interesting stuff. I would say it combines elements of like old school thrash, like real early thrash, uh, prog, uh, funk metal, some elements of new wave of British heavy metal, technical metal, alternative metal, lots of different kinds of metal. But those are things, that list I just said are things that usually don't work that well together but I really do think they work super well in this. Um, but yeah, it's like I said, a really cool uh, and solid combination of influences and, and styles. The thing that I really like about this is just the super broad and like mature scope of what they're doing. They're really swinging for the fences here. They're really going for it. They're not holding back on any level. Like they're they want to make epic, huge music that's not afraid of being itself, and they pull it off amazingly. I think, just like like I said, like epic level world building is what these songs are like, and that's not to say they're long and drawn out and boring by any means. They just they're they're not afraid to just let the song become what it is, you know. They'll just let it flourish and 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 grow and blossom. I know that's a funny way to talk about heavy music, but this does it. But yeah, the the I think the instrumental performances are super impressive. I especially like the bass. Uh, I like not only what the bass is doing. I liked its place in the mix a lot. I liked its tone, and it's it's always moving. It's almost like walking bass. Um, at at for most of it. Um, And it's there to sort of just keep the sonic energy interesting and tight at all times. Like it was a bass style and sound that isn't very common in a lot of heavy music. Usually the bass is buried and, you know, it's just there to sort of fatten up the guitars. And that's not what's happening here. The guitars go from like snaky, doubled sort of maiden solos to like crushing chugging at times real technical but really bluesy at the same time at different points uh really cool the drums are are really super technical as well and just perfectly performed i mean this is the kind of drumming that you hear in 
technical metal. Um, a lot of tom work, a lot of symbol work, uh, just a lot going on. Um, and there's also some really cool synth parts that happen too, mostly as intros, outros, interludes, and things like that. But it's a cool element, and it just adds to the differentness of this whole thing. I will say that what really sets this apart, though, for me, was the vocals. And I loved the vocals, but I do have to say that if someone were to be sort of turned off by any element of this, it might be the vocals, because they are so bold and theatrical and confident that it's it's polarizing. There's no way around it. Um, I personally loved it. I mean, just adored it. Super present in the mix. Super almost dry. Like, just right there. I would say that, for the most part, to me, it sounded like Surge from System of Down and Maynard uh, from Tool. And again, a funny thing is, even though those are the vocal connections I've heard, those are also musical uh, connections that I heard too, or that it reminded me of. Um, but yeah, as far as heavy music in Iowa, this is really different than everything else that seems to be happening. Not that there's anything wrong with everything else that's happening, but this is coming out of left field. It doesn't seem very concerned about fitting in with everyone else. I think it's very clear what they want to do and they accomplish it. And I was really just, I just thought it was so cool. I just thought it was super bold and um, super enjoyable. Um, but yeah, things that it reminded me of, System of a Down, like I said, um, and not just vocally, but the way the music moves. And I'll say exactly the same thing about Tool. Uh, I think there's a big Maynard element to the vocals, but I also think there's a huge tool element to the music um other things you know that reminded me of and most of this is because of the theatrics in it as far as the bands and the music um faith no more uh iron maiden uh voivod uh sabotage which you know musically maybe not as much and maybe not even vocally but just the approach that reminded me of Sabotage and something like Spine Shank or something like that, maybe vocally. Um, but for the most part, this is just really bold and theatrical. And uh, I just thought it was so cool. And it was just a really big surprise. And I, uh, I don't know, I'm glad that uh, they're doing it. Because, you know, not that everything else is cookie cutter, but when you have something so different, it just it's like a palate cleanser, you know? What do you think, Dan? Um, yeah, uh, when you sent me this pick, I had no idea what to expect, and uh, I was so impressed. This is um, thoroughly enjoyable and a really interesting take on metal. It definitely has a theatrical element, like you were mentioning, Eric, but it never gets boring. It's always, it kind of takes you on like a ride to the mm -hmm. point where like, I almost wonder if like, if, if there's like a story involved here or something, mm -hmm. you know, because it really does have that theatrical vibe to it. Like, I mean, and it sounds to me like every element from the vocals to the guitars, to the drums, 
to the keyboards, to the synth are all, and I, I don't know if this is true or not, but it sounds like they are all trained. I mean, mm-hmm. it, the, the musicianship is stellar. Like, yeah. honestly, more stellar than a lot of things I've heard. It's pretty, pretty incredible. It's definitely got elements, as you said, of prog. Uh, I, right away, I heard thrash metal. There was a, uh, a lot of buildup, especially in like the intros and outros, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. where they used a lot of like synths and keys. You, you touched upon that, Eric. I, I agree with you. I think the star of the show, and not to take anything away from the instrumentation, because the instrumentation is incredible. Yeah, the vocals. I think he sells what he is doing very, very well. And what I mean by that is it sounds like he's sort of singing from different characters' point of points of views. Hmm. That's sort of why I wonder if there's like, sort of like a storyline element mm-hmm. here, or if this is like a concept record. Because there are times where he really sounds like he's getting into character to sing. And he does all these different, all these different sounds, all these different, like, like the, the cadence and the, uh, man, I wish, you know, I'm, I'm really, really like dumb when it comes to like, you know, vocal talk, because I'm not really a great vocalist, but you know what I mean? Just like his, the sound of his, you know, I'm, I'm going to sound very basic here, but the sound of his vocals change like within, mm-hmm. you know, within like parts of the songs Yeah, where he'll kind of do this like scream, but then next thing you know, it's like, it sounds like he's singing from like the point of view of like, I don't know, like a, some sort of like fantasy, like war God or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. like a I villain or something. Yeah. Like a villain or something. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very impressive. Like, I feel like, you know, that, that I just I feel like there's a storyline here because I you know I don't know it, it's it's just really really well done and yeah there's not really I can't think of it you know like you were saying like all of the metal bands that are in Iowa right now uh are incredible you know like mm-hmm. but this is definitely something that is that is different they're offering a different a different point of view here for sure mm-hmm. As far as like the song structures, yeah, it, it includes everything from prog to power metal to thrash metal. There's elements of classical. There's even elements of punk. That's one mm-hmm. another thing that I th- yeah. thought was really interesting about this is it's pretty raw mm-hmm. as far as like the sound goes, which is that's another interesting element of this because in a lot of music like this, there's oftentimes like... Um, overproduction maybe Mm -hmm. like this sounded really just i don't know it sounded genuine to me like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like they were just like okay we're just gonna make this thing and yeah like i mentioned about the vocals there are times where he'll sound like rob halford or something Mm -hmm. or or almost like dave mustaine or, or something like that and then the next thing you know like the rawness of the music kind of like mixes with the vocals. And then he's like, you mentioned Serge Tankian. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, um, and Serge Tankian was heavily influenced by him anyway, but I actually thought of Jello Biafra. Yeah. Like there were times where I was like, wow, this, 
the way he's enunciating, the way he's like um, presenting himself, the the um, emotions that he's putting forward, the, um, you know, when Jello Biafra would sing like on the first couple of records, he would always like sort of like uh, exaggerate, like, like the emotion and mm-hmm. kind of like play like a character, you know? I felt that kind of in this as well. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when he, you know, like, like there was just a lot of really impressive, like, I don't know, like I would not be surprised if like, at least the vocalist took like some sort of theater training or something, or like was in drama or something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and if not, then that's incredibly impressive. It's incredibly impressive no matter what, but man, just, I, I was definitely blown away by that for sure. I could also see what you were, what, what you were saying about the, um, the vocals may also be a turnoff for some people as well, just because, there's so much going on, you know, for sure, which I, again, I'm with you, Eric. I love it. It's it's fantastic. Um, Yeah. Yeah. As far as things that it reminded me of uh, Judas priest, like Mm -hmm. anthrax, especially like the riffs on that first song really reminded me of Scott Ian's riffs, like on like among the living era type Mm -hmm. anthrax Mm -hmm. blind guardian and uh, shadows fall. And I, yeah, System of a Down and Tool, 100%. Dead Kennedys, just because of the times where I feel like I definitely hurt, hear some punk. And then, of course, Mike Patton, 100%. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Faith No More, anything with Mike Patton, really. I would say definitely more Faith No More than anything else, but right. I would not be surprised if these guys are into, you know, Faith No More and all kinds of stuff you know it's for sure really really impressive stuff for sure it's it's actually pretty mind-blowing really impressive stuff yeah uh, i'm serenade water in cedar rapids that's producing some interesting metal between ill omen and these guys and there's there's heavy metals in the water (laughs) there's heavy metals in the water in cedar rapids man yeah good stuff good stuff so what did we learn today we learned um i don't even remember what we talked about i don't know either but did you know that the um there's a thing going on somewhere Mm, i heard that yeah Mm. and that thing is pretty cool to some people huh wow 
Yeah, I guess I hadn't heard that part. <laughs> yeah, some people like the thing. Some people don't like the thing. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. And there are you some know. people that get to choose to do the thing, and some people don't get to choose to do the thing. And yeah. Yeah, it's hmm. just life. No. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> I literally don't remember what we talked about. Yeah, I, I don't either. I think it was just a the bunch Titanic of and the color blue. And, oh, yeah. Titanic uh, and the color blue. The color blue. Yeah. Yep. I think blue, that's about blue. it. What are some songs with the word blue? Blue. Blue, blue Christmas. Moon. Blue Moon. That's right. That's right. Blue Monday. <laughs> blue Monday. How does it feel? <laughs> To treat me like a dude. Yeah, that's a great song. To treat me like a dude. Um, oh, something else. So the singer from Smash Mouth died. Yep, I did see that. Yeah. R.I.P. My first exposure to Smash Mouth was the single Walking on the Sun. Of course. And the opening guitar riff for that song is 100% stolen from a song called Swan's Serenade from the Perry Kingsley record, uh, The In Sound from Way Out. Oh, yeah. Um, yep, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, surprise 100%. Me. That so, doesn't surprise me. Like, I'm not sure legally if I could put those clips into this show, but right. if not, just go to whatever, wherever you listen to your music and Perry Kingsley, In Sound from Way Out. You know the cover because the Beastie Boys stole it for their album, The In Sound from Way Out. And uh, Swan Serenade. You'll be uh, really amazed by the audacity of the theft of the sound. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, just something something I wanted to throw out there. So many stories like that, (laughs) man. Like we, We covered the whole teen spirit and come as you are both. You know? Yeah, had uh, some pretty obvious, like you know, <laughs> like like it's yeah. pretty much inarguable. Like, yeah. And also, there's a there's another story. You know, the band Dillinger Four. Yeah, mm-hmm. they toured with Green Day in 1998. They put mm-hmm. out a song in '98, and then what was it like seven years later? Mm-hmm. Green Day released the song "American Idiot," mm. and, and it's, it's uh pretty similar. It's not even pretty similar. It is similar. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. hands down like, you know, Dillinger Ford. That's my whole thing. I, I, I think I've said it on the show before, but my whole deal is like an homage is fine. I get it. You like a band and you cut your band kind of sounds like them. That's great. Fine. Mm-hmm. And if you want to just take something directly, just totally take it then I think you should do that too. Just sample it. But when yeah. you make something that sounds exactly like something else, uh-huh. then I think you're kind of, then it's kind of bullshit. Yeah. You know, then, then yeah. it's actual like ripping something off and trying to pass it off as your own. And that is, yeah. different. in my opinion, that's different. Yep. No, so, absolutely. Like, I think I love sampling. I think it's great. Like everything should be fair use, but you have to give people credit. You can't say, oh, I made this when you didn't. You know, it's like, right. I don't know. You know, I, I'm a pretty opinionated person sometimes. And uh, the ripping off of melodies and parts and, and things like that, it, it gets in, under my skin a little bit. 
I don't like. No, I agree. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't. Definitely. Well, what do you think? <clears throat> should we? I should think, we call it? I think so. <laughs> okay, so we we uh, shamed people that rip off other people, mm-hmm. uh, even after they die. Mm-hmm. We talked about <laughs> the Titanic. And talked about blue, greens and, and the, blues and the color blue. Yeah, color blue. We I we talked. That's, that's yeah. a lot. That's enough. Yeah, that, we covered we covered a lot of ground today. Yeah. Uh, I think that, oh, I think we that's have to, good. What's our new uh, our new uh, goodbye? It's like sort of like a stoic bye. Or well, we were going to say sit down, Waldo. Oh yeah, sit but down, I Waldo. <laughs> I don't know if that's necessary every time. We haven't even talked about David Lee Roth <laughs> at all. So anyway, maybe we should just say uh, thanks for listening, and you should subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. And you should tell your friends to listen if they like music and uh, idiots talking about stuff. And um, yeah, I don't know. Sounds good we're, to me. We're gonna have to get better at this. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're we now have to come up with a new bye. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Well, yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, we could just emphasize the middle part. But I. Okay, let's do it on the count of three. One, two, three. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. All right.